Hello and welcome to Master My Garden podcast, the podcast that helps you master your own garden with useful tips, advice and know-how as you go on the way and journey of mastering your own garden. I'm your host, John Jones, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. So let's get stuck in to this week's episode. How's it going everybody and welcome to episode number 10 of Master My Garden podcast. In this week's episode we're joined by Annabelle Padwick. Annabelle is a super passionate founder of Life at Number 27, which is a gardening and well-being therapy organisation. She is also a professional gardener, a well-being therapist and only recently became a children's author, writing her very first book, You Can Grow Your Own Food. We'll talk a lot about that in this this episode. It's a, It sounds like a really, really good concept, especially given the fact that Everybody is at home now and they're doing gardening with their kids and this seems like a, a really good resource for people to have. She's also a magazine columnist with The Kitchen Garden. She's a public speaker and a self-confessed potato growing addict. So there's there's lots there for us to get into. So she's really some really great concepts. She's using a fresh approach to promote the magic of Grow Your Own and to promote positive well-being for all ages. So there's lots going on there. It's a really interesting chat, and uh, so let's get stuck in to this week's episode. So Annabelle, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Um, obviously, you have a lot going on at the moment. Just last, launched your first book, I believe, which is called You Can Grow Your Own Food. You have your own organization, Life at Number 27, and lots of other um, bits and pieces going on. So you're very welcome, and thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Um, I suppose, Annabelle... If we start first with um, gardening, obviously the the podcast is called Master My Garden. So if we start at your origins in gardening and how you got interested in it originally, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your history in, in gardening and horticulture and what has led you to where you are today, I suppose. Yeah, of course. So I, I used to grow my own food as a kid. Um, my dad has an allotment and then I spend a lot of the holidays like school holidays with my nan and my granddad and they were massively into gardening like they had the most amazing garden when I was growing up like as a kid I always used, I always see it as like it was a perfect hide and seek garden like there was loads yeah. of like little paths and places to hide but it was also like visually it was stunning so I absolutely loved their garden and spent a lot of time with them and they grew all their own food as well in that space it was a mixture of ornamental plants then you had the water but then you also had the bed intertwined as well so it was like just a lovely space and so I think as a kid it was there but then as many teenagers well as I grew up and then I went through the teenage phase wasn't really interested in it at all um and then I got into my early 20s and I was living in flats constantly with no outdoor space so it was like communal space so you can't really do anything in it um and I was struggling with my own confidence, my own self-esteem, which I always had done, um, and was really trying to find something at that point that might help, um, because I'd been to my GP um, around my anxiety, and they'd offered me tablets, um, which I didn't want to take, and then they offered me group CBT therapy, which is basically talking therapy, um, which I tried and really didn't like. Um, and then so after that I really the urge to grow my own food came back even stronger and also at that point really randomly I was doing a lot of 
like weight training in the gym and that was okay. where I sort of put a lot of my focus and obviously a lot of that from a food perspective is around a lot of healthy eating so vegetables alongside protein and everything like that so I was thinking at the same time one, one could it help give like improve my confidence I just had this thing that it might help I've not read it anywhere I just had this sort of thing in my head that it might help I also thought what if it could save me some money so eventually um, when I was 26 I sort of basically uprooted a lot of my life and decided to move and went to and rented a house where I had a whole outdoor space which I thought I can't really plant it into but I could fill it with containers and that's where I then just basically just picked up it went and got some really cheap pots and some compost and some seeds didn't really read any instructions that well and just sort of sowed the whole lot in one go in one day um, which is where I learned a lot of lessons really quickly yeah. about um, growing your own food. Um, but I loved it. And it, as soon as I started seeing those seeds germinate, that was it for me. It, it, I was hooked. But it was also that catalyst. And then as I nurtured those seeds and watched them grow, and they turned into marrows and carrots and everything else, and I suddenly I looked at it and just thought, this is magical. But it also shows what you can achieve if you pay some, give something a little bit of love, a little bit of care, the right nutrients in terms of water, and what see what what they can become. And so that also then worked like just clicked with me mentally because I had all these things at that point in terms of my confidence and my dreams that I wanted to grow. And then suddenly thought, what if I apply the same methodology as a, that I'm doing with these plants for myself? Um, and that's where then it just continued to grow. And then I got my allotment and started blogging my whole journey, really, of learning how to take on an allotment um, with someone that's got no experience um, as a female in their 20s because I couldn't find anyone that I could relate to at that point. Um, but also, what if I could try and change that stereotype? So I got a lot of old lady-type jokes were saying that I shouldn't be there and I was too young and I didn't know what I was doing or that I wouldn't be able to do it because I was working full-time and studying for a degree at the same time already. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just my place where I sort of I could, yeah, just share all of those things, but also try and get some help as well because taking on a full-size allotment that's totally overgrown is so different to growing in containers. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a great, just a massive learning experience, and then as from there, it's obviously grown into much, much more now, but that's sort of how I got into it and got hooked, hooked on very good. So, yeah. So it has the roots of it are, are with your grandparents, which is a which is a team that has come up quite regularly. As as I talk to people for the podcast, uh, has been mentioned quite a few times now. So that's interesting. Um, but basically, when you when you started growing into your containers, then you didn't have any formal experience in in horticulture. So it was just trial and error. Yeah, exactly. It's all about yeah. All my experience is trial and error. Uh, everything I've learned has been through trial and error, and that's why I always say to people just give it a go. And some things won't grow, um, and that's the way it is. Um, and that sometimes you can change, you can change the things. So you can obviously you can try again. You could change the location, you could change how much you water them, you could feed them, those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and that's where you then learn. But there's also been times where actually I've looked at it and gone, I don't think I can grow. I've tried it numerous times, but actually, you know what? I'm just going to give up with trying to look at grow that particular plant because it's just not happening and I think actually if you speak to like a lot of people that have been gardening forever 
even they'll say there's some things in particular that they can't, they just can't get to grow properly, um, which I think is, is also a nice, it's, it's reassuring. It's um, reassuring. I, th- I think it's a really important point. Um, people garden and they grow something or other and it fails. And then the, 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 the train of thought is I can't garden or I'm not a good gardener. But it is definitely true that not every soil can grow every plant. So what you've done and what you're talking about there is try it. If it doesn't work, it's not a failure. It's more of a learning. You know that, right, OK, this type of plant or this range of plants doesn't work here for me, but something else does. So it's it's not really a failure. It's more learning. So that's that's a great point. Exactly. And it's all about trying to find out. I asked, I was a lot of people said to me oh like always ask for advice and lots of people on allotments like oh go speak to other people and and i do recommend that because I, I i learned so much and i learned a lot from looking online and watching other people's videos and blogs and asking people questions on social media i also found that it's quite intense as well because all of a sudden you can have an overload of information mm-hmm. and obviously everyone has got different gardens or different allotments in different towns and different soil types and different everything so it's very hard then knowing where to focus and what works what would work so i think it's there it's that like, it's playing around in your own space and then finding out what works and that will take sometimes it will take trial and error but mm-hmm. then you also have got some plants that are just trusty plants that will love shade you've got some that will love sun um but I think it's getting that core base ground working as well as getting to know your spirit or looking at where the sun is, all of those sort of things, and giving yourself as much chance as you can. But then don't be afraid to fail and just give other things, even if they're not supposed to te- technically work, give them a go anyway for the fun of it and yeah. see, because you never yeah, that's know. A great I point. was told carrots would never grow on my allotment site, and I managed to get them to grow, which was even better for me and even more of a confidence boost. So I think, yeah, just... Have yeah, have a go, play. have a go, see what works. Yeah. Um, so, Life at 27 then, that that basically was your original allotment. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, I know there's a bit of a story in the in the number, Life at number 27, so... Yeah. So, I launched Life at number 27 back in, on the 27th of October 2015. And that was the same day I bought my original allotment. And it was all around, as I said, that the blog was my place where I could share my journey um, and also help other people, hopefully, and inspire other people. But that's where it, as I said, it started. And then as from there, it grew over the next few years. And I started doing a lot more talks at the shows, um, so like the RHS shows, Artists World Live, different ones like that. Um, and I started doing the radio pieces and gave a YouTube channel a go, which I haven't uploaded to for ages, so but there's some up there there's still quite a few up there and I, but I thought this is all great and but and I was still struggling with my own mental health at this point and then I got to a point last year where I felt like I was a lot better so potentially the year before as well and I felt like I was really getting somewhere and just felt stronger in myself so I suddenly thought okay what if I can actually do something that might help other people um and what if I can create a series of therapy programs that I was never offered to by my GP that might have worked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I combined a lot of the gardening stuff with psychotherapy that I'd had and created these unique bespoke programs now that support children and adults. But yeah, so I kept, I've kept the title purely because it sounds, I like Life on 27, and it sounds 
it doesn't say what it is on the tin. It doesn't sort of scream gardening, but it doesn't. It doesn't scream well-being. It doesn't scream mental health. It doesn't. It's quite elusive, which I think helps is is good for so many different reasons. But it also keeps it back to what it was originally. Because as I said, yeah, my allotment pot I got was twenty-seven. It was number twenty-seven, so that's where everything started for me. So it keeps that always at the forefront of my mind. Um, and also, I was twenty-seven when it when that started. I was doing the 27th of the month. So 27 has all of a sudden turned into a very special number. A significant number in the story. Yeah, yeah great. Um, so the organisation now is is um, providing support and bespoke courses in gardening and, and therapy. Would I be yeah. correct in saying that? Yes, that's correct. Yes. No, I work so with, I work with children um, sort of part of my, half my time um, when schools are open. Um, so I work directly in schools, predominantly working with, at the moment, it's teenage girls that are sort of so just at 12 to 15, really, um, that are struggling. So that's low confidence, low self-esteem, mental health challenges, could be anorexia, self-harm, depression, all sorts of different things that are, but ultimately lead to a lack of confidence or self-esteem. Um, so it's working with supporting those individuals, and I use gardening as a massive tool for that. One, because it obviously it helps me, um, but I think it's just there's so many ways that us and plants, we're so similar. Some mm-hmm. people will say, as humans, we've got slightly more complex emotions, but actually, if you, when you compare us to some particular plants, they're totally complex as well. So we're really similar. Um, so I use budding a lot, whether it's just getting them to dig or weed, um, which sometimes they don't understand really why they're doing it, and suddenly once they're there yanking all the weeds out, thinking of all the things they hate they sun, they suddenly get it um and they can also see a transformation when they get to plant new plants and watch them grow but i also focus on doing a lot of like natural beauty stuff with girls. so we look at how to make their own natural plant-based lip balms and body scrubs and different things like that but yeah so there's lots of programs for all different ages that sort of fit into the curriculum as well so they sort of work from an education perspective but they're there also to ultimately build confidence and then i have the adult therapy which works differently because that bespoke therapy site where adults are given their own mini allotments so they're very they're a lot smaller than a normal size allotment um but it's their own it's theirs they can grow whatever they want in it i don't i don't really care and i don't around what method they use they can dig no dig it's just theirs to grow their own food and give it a go in a sort of safe environment where they haven't got too many different opinions coming at them and they can just say and talk to me if they want to but ultimately they can just give gardening a go in a safe place that doesn't cost them any money either because i'll i fund everything for them so. that's great and how do you find particularly um you're, you're saying girls between is it 13 and 15 how do, how do they respond to gardening and what benefits do you see coming through after after a period of time when they've been doing a little bit of gardening Yes, it's, it's a really interesting one because the programs I do are nine weeks long. So it's a mixture of, of the basic digging and weeding, but then you've also got a lot of the, the natural beauty stuff in there, and I do a lot of discussions. But as I said, I had one on time, I got them all out, and I sort of said, right, put on some gloves and then gave them some trowels. And I was like, basically, all I want you to do is, is pull out all the grass and I'll do basically weed this, this, this area that I've got that I work with them on. And half of them just didn't want to, didn't want to do it. The other ones were just looking at me as if they thought I was 
mad or they wanted me to go away. Um, but they didn't say that, but it, you could tell it all over their faces. Yeah. And I was like, I said, you can stand there and not get involved if you don't want to, or you can just give it a go. And eventually one girl <laughs> gave it a go, and she turned around and she just looked at me and she went, you know what? And I went, what? And she went, I'm just going to think of all the people I hate. And I went, whack on. And all of a sudden, they're like, this girl that wasn't into it at all was yanking out the weed quicker than you can imagine. <laughs> um, and was doing phenomenal. And it's just like that is was fantastic to see. And you're standing and you see these other like children that are normally would be seen as really challenging behaviour. Um, so really difficult to manage, especially in a classroom situation. Um, and I get them outside and we'll get them planting bulbs or as I said, doing the weeding or doing digging. And all of a sudden you'll have this these children that something reverse and they'll see them and they'll start looking for worms and they'll start naming worms and that in itself it gives them a chance to just be a just be a child because as a teenager you're still a child and it gives them a chance to do that and they can forget all the pressures that are around them of what they're supposed to be like what they're supposed to look like how they're supposed to act and it just lets them forget all of that and just sort of play as well, because I don't give them any rules, as long as they don't pull out, I oh, do, they don't want to pull out the, the actual, the really nice plants that are in there, but <laughs> if they do, then we just try and replant them but it's just a chance for them to play and over the nine weeks, you see a massive difference, um, it does range, but I've had children that will, that will come to me and I'll be teaching with people and just like, you know, they don't, like, she won't talk, she won't talk to you, she won't talk to anyone and by the end of the programme she's talking to people um, which is a massive change. And I have others that have, that have said that like, it's growing their confidence to help them to make new friends more and speak to new people confidently and it's to help them open up a lot more. So it shows you the power of, one, a bit of chalking, but also a lot of what gardening can show them and it gives, gives them a space to play and watch things grow and learn all the life skills they need to, but through plants and hopefully they'll... They might drop in a bit, but they'll, they'll pick it back up again as an adult and it will be there to support them. Yeah, that's great. And it sounds like, and I, I had said to you off air that, that we I'd recorded uh, another one on horticultural therapy. And again, um, Rachel, in that in that interview, did say that one of the big things was, was that you see people with whatever type of you know issue or, or, or situation they're going through, you see the guard coming down. And when the guard comes down, then that allows f- space for, I guess, some form of healing or for somebody to be able to, you know, get inside and, and help a little. So, yeah, that's 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 great. And, and it is clearly a benefit of, of gardening that is becoming more recognized. Certainly over here, it's, it's less recognized. And I think it's important that it, it becomes more recognized and obviously work like what you're doing gives evidence to that, which is hugely important. So well done there. Thank you. So mo- moving on then, so you, you got your your plot, um, you started documenting it in 2015, I think you said, um, yeah. and it's life at number 27. And from there, the allotment movement is, is quite small over here. Um, we generally speaking in, in Ireland have our own gardens. So an allotment plot is very much about community, I believe, over there so you might tell us a little bit about allotments and then maybe move into what you grow now and what um what your favorite crops to grow are and what the allotment does for you now yeah 
absolutely. Um, so, yeah, allotments are really about, they are really about community. Um, but they really give me a space. Like, for me, it was brilliant because I either re- I rented, so I couldn't really do much with the actual garden that I was in. And what allotments do is they give you an added space. Um, so a lot of people will keep, if they have a garden in the UK, they'll keep their garden as their, as their sort of beautiful space where they, it's more ornamentals and they can have where they have grass and they'll have a seating. It's more their relaxing space. And then mm-hmm. a lot of people have then have an allotment on top of that if they want to grow all their own food. So they won't always do it in, not many people will do it in their own garden or they might just have a small, a tiny area where they do that. But a lot of people here, if they want to do that, they will go to an allotment and they'll have that. Um, but yeah, you do have that real community feel to them as well because you've got so many new people that you wouldn't normally get to meet or speak to that are all into the same passion as you. Um, mm-hmm. Some people you'll have there that have been doing it 50, 60, 70 years. And then you'll have other people coming through that are there and have been doing it for five minutes and they might be in their 20s. Um, so it's great. You can you can learn off each other and you can meet new people and make new friends. But you have got that downside of a lot of people have got opinions as well, especially they've been doing it for a long time. So it's and you can choose. You can choose whether you want to talk to people or you want to sort of stay in your own space because well my old allotment was for twenty seven was, was sort of they had its own fence to protect from rabbits coming in, otherwise they'd come in and eat half your crop. Um <laughs> So you can sort of stay in your own space. And then some have said, so I had a shed on mine. Some people did, some people didn't. And then you sort of can have your own greenhouse as well, depending on where. And then other people had chickens, which I've always always been envious of because I would love my own chickens one day. Um, yes, yeah, so that's sort of, yeah, what about what allotments are sort of like here. And then my favourite thing to grow, my favourite thing has always been potatoes. Oh yeah, I just they they will always be my favourite thing to grow. I think um, just because for me they're like a they're like a treasure hunt, an adult style treasure hunt. Um, because you can't where's a lot of things you can see them growing, and that is fantastic. Like runner bees and what's become a funny little thing, and they shoot up really high, um, mm-hmm. and they're stunning. But with potatoes, it is a surprise. It all happens. You've got the growth on on, on top, but everything's underneath. You get to that point at the summer, then when you've got to dig. Um, or get your hands in there and start seeing how many potatoes you've got. And I just think there's something added, added magic to that, which I really like, and it's just really fun. Um, I also do love pumpkins just because I like to challenge myself and see how big I can get a pumpkin to grow. Um, they're always fun. And then every year I always challenge myself to grow something new just because then you don't get stuck in the rut of growing the same things every year. Um, and so I'll pick something totally random and give that a go. So that's always and That's fun. great to try something. Yeah, great great to try something new. So what, what did you try new, say, in 2019? And how did it work out? Yeah, so I, thought, I know one year I did cucumelons, um, which are really interesting. Have you tried them before? No, I haven't. No, so they're, they're really, really tiny. Um, they're really, really tiny, and they're not. So they don't. They're nothing. They don't. They're not. They don't look or anything like a cucumber or a melon because they're really, really small. They're like the size of a grape, and they okay. sort of have this limey type taste. But they sort of they grow on runners. They grow up. Sort of, you can have like a they climb, like a like a beanwood type per se, um, yeah. or like a cucumber. You can't if you let it cucumber curl up. You could do it. 
but they're like they're the tiny little grape size um green things that have sort of got the texture of a they've got a texture of a cucumber but they taste very limey um but i just thought they looked so they were something i'd heard about and thought, oh i want to try them and sometimes it's actually it's been quite normal things um like kale and brassicas i always thought was a little bit of an added challenge um so i normally will only try and do one brassica a year just because they slightly scare me um because <laughs> there's a bit more work going in but yeah so there's different things every every, every year um now i'm restricting containers a lot more for my own garden so that challenges me again now because i'm always thinking what can i how much can i push it what can i get to grow in a container that I, you normally wouldn't do yeah well potatoes are a great one and i see in your bio you you potato growing expert uh, or addict should i say and, and what is yeah. your your, your favorite type of potato or do you have a favorite favorite type I, d- I don't actually and the main reason is because that is i have another rule with potatoes my own personal rule is that i never grow the same type the same type twice so every year i've changed it so i do try and keep track of them all um and one of the ones one of the first ones i grew was the annabelle potato purely because of its name um, so if yeah. it's got Annabelle or it's got Belle in it, then I just try it. Um, <laughs> this year I'm trying the Lady Crystal early potatoes. Um, and then I need to get some more as well for some, um, some main crop as well. But yeah, I always try. I normally do, I always do an early and then a main crop and then change it every single year just to... Yeah, just to keep it. it different. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, keep it different. And then otherwise I think otherwise there's so many different varieties of sea potatoes out there and I think... They all need to be tried. I don't, yeah, so I want to try and do that more than get stuck on one. I might do eventually, but at the moment I like changing it up. And That's it great, a bit of variety. Yeah. So moving on then, um, you've written a book called You Can Grow Your Own Food, which is a children's book uh, aimed at growing your own food. So can you tell us a little bit about it, um, how it's laid out, how somebody would get into it, the sort of target age group? and, and yeah. so on maybe give us a, an overview of the book absolutely so it all started sort of started last last year and i um really wanted to well i've always wanted to write a book there's still so many other books i really want to write um but i really wanted to write one that was sort of for me when i was really little when i was little um but also for me now sort of thing but it was one that I thought I wanted one that's actually written for the child themselves and it's something they can own because I remember I used to love books that I could write in and that were sort of mine that I could read and I didn't need help with and that I could own it. Um, so that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to take everything that you'd get in an adult grow your own gardening book but really simplify it so the children, the child can read it themselves. So the the official target age is 7 to 11. So if they're mm-hmm. that age, they should, like, most of them will be able to read it themselves. Um, or if they need some help, then obviously they, they might need a bit of help with a little bit of it, but it's designed that they should be able to read it. Um, and then I've had so my niece, who's nine, she tested it, like, checked a lot of it for me, and we also got a number of other children to read it to make sure they could understand it as well. Um, so there's lots of space, as I said, it's going all for them. There's loads of activities in it so you've got how to grow nearly every vegetable in there and you've got some fruit in there like strawberries and raspberries and then blueberries um but there's also loads of activities so they can learn how to grow and make grow their own chips so you've got the whole thing of growing the potatoes and also how to 
cook them into chips. They can learn how to grow and make their own winter stew. Um, they can design their own pizza garden. So I really wanted to find ways to get garden design in there, but in a really fun way, because I don't think, for children or adults, I think garden design is one thing that's talked about a lot, especially as a career um, and in terms of horticulture. So I really wanted to get some, a little bit of design in there um, just so it sparks any interest that they might have, um, which is really fun. So there's loads of, yeah, really fun activities that they can give a go at home, but also all the information they need. Um, there's word searches in there. There's loads of charts. So they can track the growth of everything. Um, so yeah, it's perfect for those 7 to 11-year-olds. But if you've got children that are a bit smaller, then you can just read it with them. And then when they're older, they can read it. Or it's also, I've said, for perfect for adults that want a really simple guide, but with some <laughs> added colouring in and, and place track stuff. Because I always think, like, if you follow the guide, if you'll read books and you might follow what it says in a book, but then you've got to then write stuff down. Or if you're one of those people that tracks everything, you've got to track it somewhere else, like on a spreadsheet yeah. or on a notebook. Whereas this can pretty much, you know, it's all in one book. Um, so it's good for that as well, and it's all really bright, it's really colourful, and it's and it's a bargain in my view. Okay, you've you've got note areas in the book then, so people can jot down, you know, what they've sown, when they've sown it, dates, and all yeah, that. So there's little tables that I've designed. So they've got, I'm trying to find one. I've got the book, got the book here. But it's got yeah, it's got little tables so they can do date zone when they sowed it, um, the variety, then they can score it from a 1 to 10, so they've got a tasty score, as I call it. They can score it 1 to 10 on how tasty it was. Uh, That's great. There's loads of different ways they can. Yeah, super idea. And <laughs> you've also, yeah, I, li- I like what you're what you're doing there. You're you're sowing the potato and then you're bringing it to, through to a, a chip. So they're, they're, they're getting the whole experience, um, I suppose, the, the old farm to fork type uh, scenario. But yeah, you're yeah. seeing the whole process and, and, and then obviously chips, Kids love chips, well, so do adults, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> so. And I don't think they always understand that they come from a potato that lives in that comes from the ground. So it shows them that whole process, but lures them in with the chips. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. And then the the pizza. So, did you say you were growing pizza toppings? There's a is that what it was? So yeah, the the aim of the pizza, so the grow your own pizza garden. The aim of the activity is they sort of is most kids love a lot of kids love pizza mm-hmm. as well. Um, but it's how they can then grow all the different toppings for their for their all their favourite toppings for their pizzas. So they can do it in just their own garden space. What I really like the idea of is them creating a circular space and then dividing it up into wedges, like you would a pizza, and then growing all your favourite things for pizza toppings in the different wedges. So it's like a real, what I call it a pizza garden. That's a great idea. Um, uh, yeah, lo- lovely you. concept. And again, kids will will relate very very well to a pizza so yeah it's it's a brilliant idea well done so the book Thank the book you. itself then is is on pre-sale at the moment and uh, so where can people find the yeah, book so, yes yeah, so it's out on pre-order at the moment um on amazon and then it will be officially out on amazon waterstones all the online basically all on most online bookshops and then we're going to try and get it into a lot of um the independent bookstores when it's out which yeah the 11th of june I said Amazon's the best place um, to pre-order it and get a copy. It's going to it's retailing at seven ninety nine, which is an absolute bargain. But I wanted to make sure as many people as possible can afford it. But I think at the moment it might be slightly less 
um, depending on when this goes out, but you might be slightly less than that. Um, I know Amazon have had it up a little bit, so about six pounds. Yeah, I think it was so, six ninety five today, yeah. but the the retail is 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 only seven ninety five. Wow, that's that's. Yes, so I wanted to make we me and the publishers both wanted to make sure one there's it's, there's so much content in there for that price it's it's phenomenal but like we wanted to make sure as many people can afford it as possible because especially now with everything going on um i think in june we're all going to be a lot of people will be struggling so it yeah it's just all i want to do is get people growing their own food so the more accessible we can make it through anything then that's the best thing we can do yeah that's great and it sounds it sounds like it's going to be an ideal book for for school gardens and for after school services and you know any places where where you have groups of kids and there's a garden involved i think it sounds like a very very good book for for situations like that so yeah absolutely yeah everybody should look out for it so um yeah we've spoken about life at number 27 and your your history in gardening and now we've touched on the book um we're getting towards the end here so it's um the, the name of this podcast is master my garden podcast and I like to ask guests if they had tips for somebody trying to master their own garden, what would that be? So if it's if it's one or two or three tips, what tips would you give to somebody trying to master their own garden? I would say just play, play around. Um, and I know that might sound silly to some people, but that's what it's about. It's just, yeah, just play around with plants, with textures. I love textures in the garden. It's sensory, bring it back to sensory sort of play um i love plants that that smell amazing that taste amazing i've got additional properties to them so really have a look at what what you want what you want in your garden what spaces you want what you want in it what you want it to feel like what you want it to smell like um and then just play around and as i've, as I've said there's no find out what ways work for you so get loads of advice but then when it comes down to it block all of that out at the same time and just work out what works for you in your space and if it goes wrong and you make a couple of mistakes and some and some seeds don't grow or a plant dies like it doesn't it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. um just try again um and just keep trying and you'll watch something will do absolutely amazing and it's and it's the best feeling so yeah just keep playing and keep giving it a go but if you get stuck there's so many people that so passionate about it that they'd always love to help that's you. great brilliant tip annabelle thank you for that um so as i said the book coming out on the first of june is it no sixth of june 11th of 11th june. of june so uh best yeah. best of luck with that where can people go to find you annabelle so um life at number 27 so, yeah so it's life at no 27com is the main website so there's links to everything on there so there's links to the book there's links to your blog which still goes there's links to all the programs that i run and there's also links to all the online resources so i've created a whole set of printable uh, downloadable printable resources that parents can use with children um and different activities that you can do in the gun so that's all up there as well and then i'm on facebook twitter and instagram so just follow me on those that's all at life at number 27 and then if you get kitchen my garden magazine i'm in there every month as well so you can normally find me somewhere oh, that's great 
Okay, so Annabelle, that's that's basically this week's episode. Uh, massive thank you for coming on and best of luck with life at number twenty seven and definitely best of luck with that book. It sounds it sounds like it's gonna be something really, really useful that's gonna sow the seeds. Excuse the pun, like sow the sow the seeds with a lot of children um in gardening, which it which is hugely important. Um so really well done with that. And as I say, a massive thank you for coming on this week's episode. Thank you so much. So that's been this week's episode. Uh, that, as I say, was episode number 10. So it's great to get through, you know, the first batch. It feels like a little bit of a milestone for me. I'm learning how to edit podcasts. I'm learning how to record. It's all tech stuff, which I'm not very good at. So it's been a learning curve, but I'm really, really enjoying it. Getting some positive feedback on the podcast, which is great. So please, if there's anything you'd like to me to cover in future episodes, just let me know if you'd like to leave a review or promote the podcast to any of your gardening friends that'd be great it's it's great to know that people are listening and it's great to know that people are actually getting something for it and it's enjoyable so it's great for me when i hear those those feedbacks so that's been this week's episode if you'd like to get in touch we're on all the social channels so facebook john jones at master my garden or instagram at master my garden and as i say if there's anything you'd like covered in future episodes let me know so that's it that's been this week's episode and until the next time happy gardening (laughs) 